Welcome to another great message at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. Hi, everybody. Long before lockdown, I remember one particular day. I had to go to the mall early in the morning because I had such a busy program. I wanted to go visit a particular store, and I went early opening time, 9 o'clock. But when I got there, I was so disappointed because there was a notice on the door that said, sorry, we will open later today because our staff will be doing courtesy training. Thank you, the management. (laughs) And I thought, you know, maybe the management should have some courtesy training because if they started earlier with their training, they could open the doors for their customers as a a sign of courtesy. So I want to apply it to, to the church. And I know that next week on the 15th of November, the doors of your church building will be opened again. And hopefully, we will have visitors. We're expecting visitors. You you need to invite visitors. So what I want to do today is I want to give you courtesy training in how to make people feel welcome, how to treat visitors to your church. You might be saying, but, you know, you should do staff training with with the staff of the church. But here's where the church is different. Church is not like a business. The whole body, every member of the church, should be involved in the church. So this is, this is for every one of you, not just the pastors or the leaders or, or full-time staff. We all need to, to know how to treat people with, with courtesy. Now, I, I, I want to say that when we are going to speak about courtesy, I'm going to use another word, a more biblical word, uh, a more encompassing word, and that's the word kindness. And it's so important uh, to express kindness. I'm not going to so much speak about the practicalities of how we should do things, because that's part of uh, the, the church's vision. But I want to speak about why do we do these things? And I know this series is called This Is Why. So I think what I'm going to share with you, it will fit in well with the series. This is why we are church. And this is why we love people. So I'm not going to speak about the the what so much, but about the why. And um, I I also want to focus on the heartbeat of the church. And I know your series is all about heart for the house, but I want to speak about the heart of the house. Because I do believe this is something that, that should be so close to the heart of the church. It should be, as I said, the heartbeat of the church. I want to use another way, and I'm actually going to use it as the title of my message to you. Another way of expressing this, and this is kindness should be the welcome mat of the church. So let me discuss with you from a biblical perspective kindness as the welcome mat of, of the church. Um, and, and, and what I'm going to share with you, I don't think is anything new. I actually want to confirm the culture of kindness 
that we have experienced in this church already. But I want us to, to see the principles on which uh, kindness should be based. And here's the, f- the first thing that I find, and I want to start in the Old Testament. And I want to say that kindness is something that God desires and requires. Because God is a kind kind of God. <laughs> God himself expresses kindness. And listen what, what it says about God in Nehemiah 9.17. It says, you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness. So that is a central quality of God's character. And then in in the book of Jeremiah, it says that God delights in kindness. Here he's speaking in chapter 9, 24, and he says, I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. So God takes pleasure in kindness. But he not only desires that, he also requires that. Let me read one more scripture about God desiring. In Proverbs 19.22, it says, What is desired in a man is kindness. And here's the requirement, Micah 6, verse 8. It says, He has showed you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justly and to love kindness and mercy, and to humble yourself and walk humbly with your Lord. So kindness is definitely something that God wants to see in our lives and in the church. Second thing I want to say about kindness is that kindness is sensitivity. And we're living in a society, and I'm generalizing here, but we become desensitized. We we kind of have We've lost our sensitivity, our compassion, our kindness. And becoming desensitized could be an effect of bad experiences that we had in the past. Maybe repeatedly and causing us then to have a, a seared mindset. Or it could be even a result of overexposure to, to something where we become blasé about it, where we become um, apathetic and unconcerned about important things. I'll never forget, I was uh, recording some uh, sermons on radio at the SABC, and on my way to the studio, we were in the lift, and the producer of the program was there with a, with a number of, of ministers who were supposed to record that morning. And uh, the one guy made some comment, and the producer said, these words. He said, I've heard so many sermons, I have calluses on my heart. <laughs> now, obviously, he was uh, saying it jokingly, but I think sometimes we, we hear the message so often, and because we don't take it in, we can become desensitized. Now, I, I don't think that we should ever allow negative experiences um, with unthankful people uh, to make us cynical in, in, in that way. We should not become calloused or hard-hearted because it is interesting that in the Bible, and especially in the New Testament, quite often we find that kindness is associated with tender-heartedness. I want to read a few scriptures where it actually makes that uh, combination. In Ephesians 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Now, 
very interesting, the Greek word that is used here is a word that literally says you need to have a good spleen. That's how the Greeks expressed it. We, we speak about a good heart, a tender heart. And so it's important for us to, with kindness, have the sensitivity, this tender-heartedness. In, in, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, it speaks about tender hearts and humble minds and then mentions kindness in the same time. In Colossians 3.12, it says that we must clothe ourselves with tender-hearted mercy, with kindness, etc. In Ezekiel 11 in the Old Testament, God speaks to Israel and He says, I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to take the heart of stone out of you, and I'm going to give you a sensitive heart. And here's where I believe we need to be sensitive concerning kindness. Firstly, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because He'll guide you. He'll connect you with the right people. Secondly, be sensitive to God's Word. Speak God's Word. Speak the right words in the situation. And thirdly, then be sensitive to to people. And if you are going to have visitors in the church, that's an important thing to be sensitive to their needs. Uh, I, I think there should be the right perspective about being seeker sensitive. And I think that could be a good thing if we become sensitive to the value of people. Uh, a long time ago, I woke up one morning with a vivid memory of, of a dream that I had, but only a, a very short part of that dream. I was dreaming that I was writing a song and then singing the song, and I can only remember kind of the first few words. But here's basically what the, what the song said. Dear Jesus, won't you teach us the value of a person? And I woke up with that, and I thought, wow, I, I, I need to renew that again and, and see people as, as valuable and, and, and precious. We need to see our visitors as VIPs, very important persons, not as CIPs, <laughs> a commercially important person. We need to treat people and see the value in them as a person, not in what they can contribute to, to the church. And I like what Andy Stanley says. He's an American pastor, and he says this, your sermon starts in the parking lot. Wow. So I want to suggest, put your friendliest, kindest people in the parking lot because that will, will, uh, uh, see, will make people see that there's value that you recognize in them. The third important aspect about kindness is kindness is friendliness. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, we uh, have always been blown away by the friendly greeters in this church. And that is such a blessing. And I, I read a st statistic that said this, that it takes a visitor seven minutes to formulate an impression about a church. That means that visitor has not heard any of the music, the singing, definitely not the sermon. So the impression is already there. So again, put the kindest people outside by the door in the parking lot. I like this um, the scripture in Proverbs 18.24, it says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Let me put it in my own words. If you want to have friends, be friendly. Uh, and and I, I, I want us to realize that friendliness is obviously about 
smiling, about making a good first impression. And I always thought, you know, because the Afrikaans word for friendliness is friendlikheid, which I always thought is just about smiling, but friendliness is much more about smiling. It's about doing. It's about being a friend. And um, I, I want to tell you th that you can actually take vitamins to help you to get friends. And the best vitamin to make friends is B1. So go and get it immediately. Just be a, be a friend. And, and, you know, it's more about smiling because you can smile on the outside and, and, and still be bitter on the, on the inside. There are some Christian ventriloquists. They will smile, but they say behind their, their teeth, I don't like you. <laughs> In fact, I hate you. And, and it's so easy to, to put up a pretense, and people can see through that. So we need to have genuine kindness and genuine uh, friendliness. Uh, kindness is to have a sincere smile while you're walking the second mile. It's going to take some effort, but people will, will recognize that. I like going back to the Old Testament again, because in... Um, uh, the King James Version, I found more than 40 times when it speaks of kindness or loving kindness or God's mercy, it is accompanied with, with a word like this, showing kindness, doing kindness, exercising kindness, repaying kindness. And a good example is in Jeremiah 9.24 that we read earlier where it says, I am the Lord exercising kindness. It's something that you have to do. In the New Testament, in Ephesians 2, 6, and 7, it speaks of God showing His incomparable uh, riches of, of His grace and then expressed in His kindness in Christ Jesus. So express your kindness. Another thing, number four, about kindness. Kindness is hospitality. We need to be hospitable people. Romans 12 and verse 13 says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. The message paraphrase uh, says, help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. So again, I want to say this church has such a beautiful hospitality team, but the whole church should be part of, of that team, not just a, a select a uh, few people. And, and I've seen this in churches. Kindness starts at the top. And uh, again, I want to testify that we have experienced the kindness of your pastor, of your pastors, of your leaders uh, in this church. And, and, you know, it's not the kind of church where the preacher walks in halfway through the praise and worship uh, and then disappears immediately after the sermon and nobody can uh, get in touch with, with the pastor. I've seen your pastors. I've seen them mingle with people before and after the service and showing that hospitality and that kindness that, that is important. Mother Teresa, the well-known missionary to India, said these words to the people who worked with her. She said, I prefer you to make mistakes in kindness rather than work miracles in unkindness. Wow. 
because that will identify you as a true disciple of God. When Paul writes to, to both Titus and to Timothy about the qualifications of a leader in the church, this is one of the things that, that he mentions every time. In Titus 1, verses 7 and 8, it, it, it speaks about such a person welcoming people according to the message, being helpful and, and being kind. In 1 Timothy 3, he speaks about being friendly to strangers and kind and gentle to people. But I want to read this scripture to you, and then I want to tell you what uh, the, the two key words here actually mean. In Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2, it says, Continue to love each other with true brotherly love. Don't forget to be kind to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Now, there are two Greek words here that are important. When it speaks of brotherly love, the Greek word is Philadelphia. Uh, and, and we know the word. It comes from philia, the word for love, and adelphos, the word for brother. So that is why it's translated as brotherly love. But when it speaks about being kind to strangers, it, it's a similar word. It's the word philozenia. And again, philia, the word for love, for, for fondness, and then the word xenos, for stranger. And that's why he says love for strangers. It's the opposite of xenophobia, which means a fear or a disrespect, a dislike of strangers. God wants us to love our fellow Christians, but he also wants us to love uh, all the other people that might be strangers and show hospitality to them. Uh, let, me, let me get uh, to the next important aspect of kindness. Kindness is courtesy. I mentioned that right at the beginning. I once attended a seminar where a prominent South African businessman, uh, leading economist, spoke about um, our nation's wealth. And he asked the question to the audience, and he said, what makes a nation wealthy? And people came back with all kinds of responses. And some of the delegates said abundant natural resources. Others said advanced technology. Uh, others still said developed people, etc., etc. And then his response was, there's one thing that I didn't hear you mention. And this makes a na nation wealthy. And he called it good social fabric. And, and the fabric is that network of relationships that through goodwill and friendliness and courtesy actually makes things work. And we desperately in this nation need a restoration of a good social fabric. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, the German writer, uh, and incidentally who grew up reading the Bible, said it this way. He said, kindness is the golden chain by which society is bound together. And that is what we need, that courtesy. The Hebrew word for loving kindness, chesed, uh, has this aspect. It actually speaks about courtesy because the, the, the word could mean to bow your neck in, in, in courtesy. And um, that's what we need. We need politeness. We need courtesy. We need to respect. We need to have good manners that we will exhibit towards others. And um, uh, Paul writes to Titus and uh, he says this in chapter 3, verse 2, about believers. He says, they 
must not slander anyone, but be peaceable, gentle, showing complete courtesy to all people. So that brings me to the next point. Kindness is unbiased. Kindness is not being kind only to your kind. God's kindness and God's love are without prejudice. I love Luke 6 where Jesus speaks from verse 27 and he says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. And then um, he speaks about if you only love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even Hollywood movie stars do the same. Now, I've quoted from the unauthorized perversion here, obviously. But, but, but that's so true. And, and I, I, I want to continue that, that even members of the mafia will do good to those who do good to them. But we need to do what he says here. And, and, and listen to this. This is in verse 35. He says, we need to love our enemies, do good, lend, hoping for nothing to return, and your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the unthankful and evil. So God's kindness is unbiased, unprejudiced. He's kind to the unthankful. Have you ever done something and, and to someone and they didn't thank you, and, and you said, you know, what did I get? Not even a thank you. God is kind to the ones that do not even say thank you. And we should have the same thing. And we should, uh, if you read on in Luke 6, it says that we, we need to give in good measure, overflowing. Don't skim the milk of kindness before you give it to someone else. And then the last aspect of kindness, it is delightful and useful. Let me just speak to the men. Here's good news for you. If you want to be a handsome man, you don't have to go to the beauty parlor. Listen to the advice from Solomon in Proverbs 19.22. He says, kindness makes a man attractive. It's delightful, but it's also useful. Uh, Ephesians 4.32 says, become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted. And uh, very interesting, the Greek word for kindness actually has this component of usefulness. The Greek word for kindness is the word Christos or Christotis. And it's interesting that in the early years of the church, the Gentile Greek people confused the word Christos with a word that they called Christians, and they actually called them Christians, which would mean kind people. Wow, could we as Christians also become Christians, showing that Christos kindness to, to other people. Um, so I, I, I want to say this, that it is so important for us to, to show that kindness. Interesting uh, saying when Jesus spoke about the new wine and the new wineskins, uh, he said these words. He says, no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says, the old is better. And it's the same Greek word there that is used. It actually says the old wine is kinder, smoother, mellower, uh, not that sharp or that, um, that unpleasant. So uh, let, let, me, let me just say this. 
they say, and I'm not an expert, that wine mellows with age. We, as we mature, need to mellow. We need to become smoother. We need to become kinder. Kinder. We need to become more, more gentle. Don't grow up. If you have kindness and you, it makes you attractive, it will help you not be, to become a grumpy old man. And so I want to encourage you. Kindness is generosity. Be generous uh, and, and add that aspect of usefulness. Kindness actually in the Greek has two elements, pleasantness and usefulness. And if we can have the combination of, of both those things, then it will help. I want to give you a last scripture, very interesting scripture, when Paul writes to uh, Philemon, and he pleads on behalf of a man called Onesimus. Now, interesting that Onesimus, the name in Latin means uh, to be profitable, to bring uh, pleasurable joy. But Paul kind of does a play on words. Let me read it to you in, in, in Philemon uh, chapter 1, verse 10. He says, I beg you to help Onesimus. He's like a son to me because I led him to Christ here in jail. Before this, he was useless to you, but now he is useful. Wow. And useful is that word, chrestos uh, again, euchrestos, which means he's very uh, well useful to you. So at a time, Onesimus didn't live up to his name. He wasn't profitable. He wasn't useful. But Christ changed him, and he became useful. So I want to say this, that you have Jesus inside of you. Let his kindness show through you. Let it bless other people. And, um, and, and I want to conclude with one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Timothy 4.11, and Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, get Mark and bring him with you, for he's useful to me for ministry. Oh, that all of us would become useful and kind. And again, it's the word euchrestos that is used there. So I want to encourage you, let's be kind. Let's be delightful. Let's be useful. Let's show kindness to strangers. Let's treat visitors with, uh, with great kindness. I, I want us to throw out the welcome mat of kindness to visitors. And I want to share a last thought with you. The English word welcome originally meant this. My will is for you to come. And that's where we get the word welcome from. Let's show visitors that we want them to come. Let's show them that we want them to be blessed with what Jesus has for them. Amen.